Hey, welcome to another episode of Bo Knows Health. This time I'm joined by Dr. Teresa Larson, and I apologize again for posting these episodes a little bit out of order, but hey, this is when we recorded them, this is when they get released. I appreciate y'all checking in anyway, so sorry if the numbers got a little confusing, but we should be back on track, close to 100 now. And I really am excited for you guys to listen to this, and it worked out timing-wise that I finished Dr. Larson's book, Warrior, a memoir, where I just was blown away by how vulnerable and authentic of her, how the story just came across on the pages. Um, I'm not not ashamed to admit, uh, I definitely shed a few tears reading it. It, it, it definitely got deep into some familial, um, emotional thing. She really talks about her eating disorder there. I highly recommend you go get her book. It's a, it's an easy read, but, uh, it, it, it just, it's very entertaining. It's incredibly well-written. Uh, can't say enough about the book. I hope this episode gives you guys some joy as well. Uh, I went ahead and left her an Amazon review for this book. And again, it's something that folks maybe sometimes forget about. So if you're listening, it would mean a lot if you could also leave a review wherever you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, podcasts, any of that. Um, Those reviews really help us reach more people, really help us grow and tie into our mission of, again, getting to more people, getting our messages out there. We're always looking for more feedback, more uh, ways that we can help you guys get better at these things that we love uh, around health, fitness, and our journeys. So... Without further ado, here's Dr. Teresa Larson. So this is Archer's version of Danger Zone, a little country music, Danger Zone. So that was the song you picked last time. We are joined by Dr. Teresa Larson. We're in the same state, but we're pretty far away from each other. I think we're about six hours. Uh, She's in Durango. Durango, Colorado. I'm in Superior, Colorado. Not a not a judgment call. Not a not a gradient that we're superior. Uh, if anyone's not a fan of Archer, this is this is off of that uh, randomness. So yeah, if you did, if you weren't here for our last episode, number fifty-seven. This is, I believe, number ninety. So oh wow, okay. It's been a little while. Yeah, I'm gonna turn that off. But um, <laughs> yeah. So last time you you wanted Top Guns, uh, Danger Zone, and and I we I told told you about Archer. I assume you haven't watched it. That's okay, because I haven't. And and I'm gonna plead my guilt of uh, the fact that I haven't followed up with a lot of the stuff you sent me. Between you had the 21 day mindfulness challenge, and I didn't. I wanted to jump into that, and there was just a lot going on, and I'll I'll have all the excuses, but I did not jump into that. Um, and, and then you sent me a bunch of different resources and, and I actually, I think it was shortly after our last recording, you were in the process of moving from California to Colorado. And you also did a course, uh, about an hour from where I'm at and I wanted to go, but I didn't go. So I'm, I'm all the guilties, but I'm glad we are connecting (laughs) here. Um, how, how are you? How's Durango, Colorado? Well, Bo, it's awesome. Um, we love it. I, people are always asking, how has that transitioned from San Diego to Colorado? And I'm like, it's amazing. I mean, <laughs> I think when you know what you want, we've wanted to live in a mountain town for a number of years. And now we were able to, with our business to kind of pick up and move wherever. So Durango is the spot, but don't tell anyone. Okay. Yes, I won't. Because we I are on the cool know. side of the Rockies, to be <laughs> honest. If you were facing South, we're on the right side of the Rockies, okay? Nice, nice. Does yeah. the Coors Light just drip down your way? Is that? 
Is that how the, the <laughs> I know. I've yeah. heard about this town. Like everyone that t shares with me about their visits to Durango, it's like, oh yeah, the partying was so great. And I was like, oh, that's good to know. I mean, <laughs> I've got like two littles under four. So my partying is yeah. pretty much <laughs> ending at seven o'clock. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is grown up life, folks. Grown up life. Um, we, we're going to dive into it. And for those not familiar, uh, and I also made the same move from California, Southern California here to Colorado. We're in slightly different parts. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up in more of a mountain town in our next move, but we're definitely enjoying Colorado and all the things it has to offer for sure. So, um, but those not familiar with Dr. Larson, former Marine, I don't, do you, are you forever a Marine or do you say former Marine? Is that, I... <laughs> well, it's it. Yeah, that's that's atypical of most services. So we always say former, other services yeah. say X, but I always just say Marine Corps veteran as well. There you go. It's just yeah, because yeah, and, once a Marine, always a Marine, really. Right. right. And I've always I've always uh, respected and and just you know uh, marveled at at the Marines in general. And uh, when I was a freshman in college, my roommate quit college to join the Marine Force, and I went down to his graduation at a. Uh, Paris Island, South Carolina, and, mm -hmm. and just looking around at the barracks and everything, and it was it was very inspirational, but did not did not get me to 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 jump to you know enlist <laughs> just then. Didn't but just like make you want to just join up right away. Not not Summer. quite. I mean, it, it literally was. I was like, ah, I don't know, but but yeah, it it, it was um is definitely something you know the patriotism and and all aspects, and of course at this point you know the the sacrifices that folks in the military make is, is pretty amazing. And you've talked about that in your book as well. And some mm -hmm. of the struggles you had with that experience. Um, and, and now you do a lot of work with, uh, for those not familiar with, with, uh, veterans and, and mm -hmm. especially the ones who are disabled. And, and that's our first topic here is the inclusion in the fitness space for folks who have had, um, any kind of, uh, whether it's an amputation or, or just a disability of any kind. So tell us mm -hmm. about that work and, and, uh, how we can, what we need yeah. to know. Well, thankfully, um, we're in an era, if you will, and I hope the era keeps going and it should have started lo a long, long, long time ago, but the D, E, and I space of mm. diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so um, now be there's just more um, awareness of how to be more inclusive in the workspace, uh, but also in the fitness space. So I've gotten some chances to consult with companies on how they not necessarily include those of, of you know, different races and genders, but those with disabilities, um, which is oftentimes <clears throat> forgotten about because equality of different races and genders is more of the kind of the hot topic and priority at the moment. But considering that one in four of us have a disability, uh, whether it's invisible or physical and disability, I also refer to those with disabilities as adapt those with adaptive needs. Mm -hmm. You know, most people I've gotten to connect with who have disabilities who are in the fitness space in particular would prefer to be called adaptive athletes. So, mm -hmm. but most people, you know, I didn't also know the word disability and what it means. Uh, but yeah, so in the workspace, uh, I've been able to consult with some wellness organizations who are vendors for different workspaces and how to make their products more inclusive because typically what you'll see is like a wellness offering is they've got all kinds of classes but none of them that are for say if someone's in a wheelchair or 
someone who has um, a missing leg or a missing arm or a traumatic brain injury, right? Or MS even. And some of the programs wouldn't have to look too much different, but just the idea of like creating more inclusive language. Like, look, if you do have a missing limb or you are in a wheelchair, try it this way. It's a very simple cue shift, mm-hmm. right? That can a coach can add. But um, so that's kind of where I've been focusing a lot of my attention in that kind of that arm of my business is consulting with work, work with organizations, wellness companies, as well as uh, fitness organizations. So I've had a few hire me to build out adaptive content and advise their coaches on what to do with the workouts because they say, you know, what their workouts are for everyone, but they're really not. Mm. So thankfully, there are more and more organizations paying attention to that to include CrossFit, right? Yeah. So, Yeah. Are you happy with the, not to put you on the spot about all that, but the, all the recent changes that have happened in the, the hierarchy of CrossFit, has, has that been a good thing in terms of inclusivity that you've noticed? Um, I've, yeah, I mean, they've been very inclusive to the yeah. adaptive community. Um, I've worked with them quite a bit early on when I was working with Kelly Starrett and mm-hmm. CrossFit. Um, obviously, with the old administration, I left. I, I didn't feel comfortable working with the leadership as was, mm. but I think as things have been shifting, there's definitely been more of a shift because um, even some of my colleagues who are running the adaptive and accessibility aspect of CrossFit mm. are that is their whole life, like that is their whole focus. Yeah. So it, I've really liked, I've really enjoyed seeing the changes and the fact that adaptive athletes are allowed at the games. I mean, because one, they have in the fitness space, they have such a great platform. They're well known. And so it, it, and what it does is not only, I mean, the the adaptive athletes and anyone that competes in CrossFit, it's like the kind of the 1%, right? Mm -hmm. Um, For the most part, people are just trying to like stay healthy, (laughs) not competing. But when other disabled or adaptive athletes see that, it shows them what's possible, right? That's. That's the big thing is even when I talk to these organizations, not just CrossFit, but other ones, um, I'm like, you just showing an adaptive athlete in your workouts Mm -hmm. shows an individual with a disability that they matter and that this is what's possible. Um, So I think that it's going in the right direction. Yeah, it's awesome to hear. And uh, again, I think a lot of the, the groundwork you've laid down has probably helped um, in a lot of those ways. And, and that's awesome to continue that, that push into hopefully an evolution of, of what this fitness space is. And, and like you're saying, uh, more inclusivity, um, and, and just the, the whole, yeah, DEI concept is, is mm-hmm. something that's, um, definitely something we need to do our part in, uh, all of us. So I've had a few folks on, on this podcast who've kind of talked about some of those concepts and hope mm-hmm. to continue to push that message as much as possible too. So, uh, yeah, that's that's exciting stuff, and I think that for me personally, as a as somebody trying to run my own business and and do the work I'm doing, I think uh, it always helps to have those reminders of, hey, like uh, get involved in these ways. There's some easy ways you can do things to to advance this concept, and like you're saying, even just some posts about, uh, you know, this person in a wheelchair or or whatever the yeah. thing is, uh, and and that just pushes the envelope in in the right direction. Hopefully, it does. So it shows. I mean, because the truth is like especially with the fitness organizations, not necessarily wellness, um, depends on the wellness company, right? If they're just like EAP wellness programs, 
it's, it's part of my language, but some of them don't act like they give a shit. Right. Can you, um, I, I'm actually not familiar with what EAP is. Can you define uh, employee is? assistance? Oh, programs. okay. Okay. Yeah. So typically, when a company is like, "Yeah, we need a wellness program to fit our EAP model," right? Well, then there's they they get one, but it's typically like a cookie cutter cattle yeah. call kind of approach, and and maybe they get two to five percent usage of it, right. maybe. Um, but the yeah, like. The thing is, I'm I'm hoping, and my goal with the inclusion stuff is that by 2027, right, most programs out there, the majority of programs, whether it's like the Nike, the TRXs, the CrossFits, the um, offer inclusion and adaptive type programming. So um, the Pelotons, right? They they're not just audio and visual type adaptive programming, but like those. What are you going to do with someone in a wheelchair? Maybe Peloton, you know, will uh, offer an arm bike option mm -hmm. or their competitors, right? Like the, the, um, and they also organization like, uh, edge, like platforms or schools, I should say, that teach exercise physiologists or your governing bodies for personal training, um, offer adaptive training, not as like a specialty, but like as part of the regular training because. Mm -hmm if one in four of us have a disability, then, you know, and, and our, obviously we, most people go into being a personal trainer or a PT or in the health profession to help people. Right. Right. So like, well, do you want to just help people that look like you mm. or do you actually want to help anyone? Right. Um, so that's kind of where I'm going with it. And thankfully it's interesting just like putting that out over the last, putting that out in the universe, over the last number of years have gotten work and opportunities to kind of help grow that mission. Right. I work, I get to work with FitOps, which is University of Health Performance out of Bentonville. They like bring in veterans and they teach them how to be fitness professionals mm. in the wellness and fitness space. Um, and so they bring on my adaptive training and then TRX and then a couple other organizations. And then hopefully by the end of this year, I'll be an assistant professor for K-State, which is a great exercise phys program, but they want to incorporate the adaptive training as part of their elective, you know, maybe eventually part of their regular curriculum, but at least for an elective to start mm. um, for their exercise phys majors. So, Wonderful. you know, like I think that because of these more uh, innovative organizations are like, yeah, obviously we want that. It's given me confidence, if you will, and also just reassurance that most organizations should want this over time. Cause if they're not, they're leaving out a huge percentage of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one thing coming up for me is I actually just did an episode with uh, physiology first. And I don't know if you've seen any of those, uh, their posts or you heard of those guys, they have three um, kind of brands and I, I, I think they should consolidate. I think they all have different uh, aspects of what they do. There's the distance project, breathe to perform and physiology first. So uh, you've seen some of okay. their stuff. Uh, have you seen some of their things? Um, da no. David Bidler, they're, they're up in Maine. They're just trying to grow. They do a lot of work with their 501c3 uh, nonprofit and they have a, a physical gym and they bring a lot of high school kids in and basically their big push is physiology first, meaning, and, and they've done some work with Andrew Huberman, uh, who's, who's gained a lot of popularity in these last few months and year. 
um, uh, and, and just talking about the fact that like, if we understand our physiology and how breathing can control our nervous system, uh, that might be a skill that we can master as teenagers even, uh, that will yes. help us prevent going on ADHD medication and these diagnoses that are just getting thrown around. It's like, oh, this kid's misbehaving, give him a pill being like, hey, wait a minute, why don't we take him here every Friday or whatever uh, after school and, and teach him some of these breathing concepts and see if that doesn't improve his physiology. And, and just at the end of the day, we all do have more or less the same physiology, whether we have some adaptations we need to make around that, but understanding that and giving us the ability to drive that car a little bit, a little bit smoother, faster, more empowered. Um, th yeah. They're doing some stuff to try to change kind of that, especially the mental health diagnoses that get thrown around. And so there's really interesting stuff um, in that regard. So that was that was a few episodes ago. They had a big announcement of their new project they're trying to do. Um, I think that was that last, that was last Monday. So yeah, I think. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll send sure. that to you. Um, and then that your, your, your next thing you want to talk about is, is just government work. Um, and, and tell us a little bit where, where you are in that space. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, the, the government work is, I think for any PT or health provider out there, there's a lot of work in the around the wellness in the government. So uh, what I do, I actually, so there's three arms to our business, right? The inclusion, adaptive consulting, the government contract work, and then just the consumer stuff, like the M2 experience, right? It all fits under one umbrella, like giving people the knowledge and tools to live physically and emotionally free. Um, in the government, it takes just a long time. So we've mm -hmm. gone to bat. I don't know, probably over two dozen times for different RFPs, requests for proposals, mm. um, and lost most of them. Um, <laughs> finally, it's just the, the way it is. Like you, beast, yeah, yeah, the nature of the beast. You have to have past performance mm -hmm. to win, but in order to win, you know, you have to have past performance. Right. Right. Anyway, right. so it's like this like confusing thing, but. We finally did win our first um, contract. Going from zero to one is actually pretty tough. Yeah. Um, so we finally did it, and um, and like I've teamed with people like the Mayo Clinic, like organizations. Mm. So it's not like, you know, we've teamed up with people who are new to this. Like right. we've lost with some big organizations, but we finally won one within the VA. So we're getting to work with um, Whole Health. So providing employees right now and then veterans. Um, Whole Health information via the, their new app, the the uh, Whole Health VA app, which you can hmm. download now. Anybody can download it right. um, to be able to view the content we're providing. It would be just employees, but it's very exciting because it's the one very forward-thinking program within the VA, um, and it's taken a little over two years to even wow. win that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so. I, I, I bring that up because a lot of when I do these po podcasts in particular, I know you have a, a great following with trainers and PTs. Like, um, I think it's important to know that there aren't, you don't have to just do PT practice, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. There's a lot of other ways to right. help people. And in the government, you know, if that was something you wanted to do, like work with the VA or work with the DOD, it is possible, but it takes a while. So it's almost like if you want to plant that seed, start mm -hmm. now and then just anticipate yeah. and, and, and expect that it's going to take a handful of years before things come to fruition. But it's very rewarding work. I have to tell you that. So because yeah, it's in a way imagine. the government's like, 
okay, you tell us what you want to create. <laughs> and so right. as I, I include, I do, I provide the inclusive training in my mm. wellness. Like if you were talking about sleep here, like we did a video on sleep, it's like, well, okay. Um, we talk about sleep, but then let's say if you have a spinal cord injury or you've got, you know, a TBI, um, heat regulation, temperature regulation might be mm. difficult. So this is what you want to think about. So I'm, I'm thankfully with the government, there is in the work I'm doing, there's a little more free reign in terms of what I can provide and get creative. Um, as long as I don't use obscenities, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So within some rules for sure yeah, yeah some yeah. rules clothing attire that's also yeah. important like, <laughs> appropriate yeah um yeah i hear that and that that kind of ties into our next thing of, of behavior change and and relationships and again you mentioned the m2 project and that's the men talking mindfulness is that or uh that no so m2 is the basically our movement rx like consumer Sorry, yeah. product if you will like um, so there's the government stuff, but the consumer stuff is like what you see on social media mm. and then our website. Uh, <clears throat> so mind, we, we call it the mindfulness and movement experience, which is the M2 experience. And up until this last month, it's been, you know, a 21 day experience that people can purchase. It's a one-time deal. Um, and they get like 21 days of where we guide them emotionally and physically kind of build their intelligence and get them to start to create a habit. And the power in the experience has been like, there's two main things that help really change behavior. Um, one is skin in the game. You pay for it. Mm. Right? You're not just getting something for free. Those who pay, pay attention. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and then the second one is social support. So there's a lot of social support for people and they, Oftentimes the feedback we get is like, oh my gosh, I totally thought I was alone with this. And right. I realize I'm not. And our audience with that has really been like veteran and like small business owners. Like mm. happen just so happens like a lot of people like myself, right? Who are needing the social support. They're running a business. Their life is freaking nuts and chaotic. <laughs> it's not just veterans, but like we find that small business owners really it's, are gravitating towards this product, if you will. But it's been nice to like team up with John um, McCaskill, who's a retired Navy SEAL commander um, who teaches, you know, he's when people like look at his career is like going from 24 years in the SEAL teams to being a mindfulness meditation coach. Mm. It's like, well, OK, tell us about that, bro. <laughs> yeah. So he what he does is he works with us and then he also runs this podcast called Men Talking Mindfulness with his buddy, Will, who also is a teacher on our platform. He's a yoga mm. instructor. Um, but what's cool about it is, you know, those guys are redefining masculinity yeah. in a way like, you know, these guys actually are like some of the most empathetic guys I've ever mm -hmm. worked with. So compassionate, like good friends. Um, and so it's been nice to work alongside them on this project because I'm sure anyone listening out there, if you work alone and run a business alone, it can get kind of lonely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are other people out there doing it, but it's actually really nice to have a brother who I work with, right? Uh, so we've teamed up and, uh, you know, right now we're kind of in the middle of redefining what that offer is for people. Is it going to be 21 days? Is it going to be a bit longer? Because we find people when they're done with the 21 days, it's like, I want more. Mm. So we may make it a longer type approach, but, um, more will if you if you want stay tuned on the website and we'll have 
we'll be awesome. we'll be announcing that in the coming months. But yeah, it's been a a very rewarding journey to to grow the experience and like actually kind of pay attention to what matters to people, which is skin in the game and then social support. Mm. And while people love the content, um, they find that the social support matters the most and come to find out according to re behavior change research, that is what keeps people going. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we, we've seen a lot of that. We talked about CrossFit that seemed to be one of the biggest, uh, you know, you could argue the, the physiology and the, uh, you know, the programming and constantly varied versus constantly random, uh, workouts, but yeah, the, the community piece, uh, seemed to be the biggest kind of successful part of, of that. And the most successful gyms, uh, CrossFits over the last, whatever it is, 15 years now that, that it's been a thing is, uh, seem to be the ones that have the best community. Um, and, and that there seems to be a lot of that accountability, like, Hey, why hasn't uh, Dr. T shown up? And, you know, she usually comes to the 8am class, like somebody go check yeah. on her, what's going on. So, and, and there is that accountability for sure. And, uh, you know, we do have all these social, uh, media pieces and I, I challenge a lot of folks who I know post a lot about now, uh, we're recording this, uh, two, was it two nights ago? Will Smith smacked Chris Rock in the face. Everybody's posting about that. Uh, at the Oscars, but uh, yeah. I, I say, hey, I see you posting all the time on social media. Um, like, but you're also trying going on this weight loss journey. Maybe we should start posting what you're doing there and post the journey, not just totally. wait. You know, wait until you lose 50 pounds and then let's post the success. Post the journey because that's the accountability, and people are always going to be supportive. Like I've seen people posting and like, yeah, way to go. You're in the gym. Way to go. You're cooking chicken and broccoli or whatever it is. Um, yeah, so that, that accountability piece for sure. It's it's something that and like you said, in the behavior change science, and I think we're going to see um, a lot of that get caught up because like you were talking about the government work and things like that being very slow and taking time and the bureaucracy just research takes time too. And, and I think with the way social media is adapting, uh, we're starting to see slowly um, more and more of that, the, the positives we can take out of that social media context and, and yeah. how to use that. I think um, social, well, everyone's a little bit different, but sure. even though, and you can use social media for a very positive, like for, for the social support. However, nothing will ever equate to like connecting with someone one-on-one yeah. -on -one or personally over the phone or in person. Mm -hmm. So I, I, and you know, I've had to make a choice too in my own work and really take into consideration like what I need as a person myself. and. It, it does, you know, I found, I love connecting on LinkedIn because it's, it's a lot of business owners mm -hmm. and veterans and whatnot. A lot but less uh, noise. <laughs> there's a lot less noise. Yeah, yeah. It's more focused noise, I should say. Except um, for I'm going to, I'm going to quickly call out all the like, Hey, I'm looking to expand my network. Well, are you ready? Yes. No, and like those people, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's uh pretty annoying, but yeah. I've, I've found like, you know, I've had to choose in a way that to say, okay, social media can be, is great for brand building and for connecting and meeting people. Um, but my business, I've chosen to not make my business reliant on it. Yeah. Um, because of the fact that, well, uh, you know, I'm the principal in the business, so I'm running it. And yeah, I have some people helping me with social media, but it's more of the connecting in person, the phone calls, the um, like putting yourself out there, like doing talks and doing podcasts. Um, but I've, I've just found like, I, 
at the end of the day, like I want to be more present to my family mm -hmm. and the addiction that social media can create of just like right. constantly <laughs> checking and being on can be right. detrimental to your health as well as relationships. So mm -hmm. I've had to, you know, really take inventory over the course mm. of my PT career. Like I've worked with people who give, who care so much about me following them. Right. And I'm like, I have to like, look at that and say, okay, well, <laughs> I, I see where you're coming from, but if right. our relationship is reliant on me following your every move, right. Then I don't think we should have a relationship yeah. or, or this isn't going to work out. Um, especially professionally. So these are grown adults telling mm -hmm, me, mm -hmm. grown adults telling me this. So I've had to kind of look at like, okay, whenever, even whenever I post and go on, I'm like, why am I going on? Because mm. I'm, I'm going on to share this because right. I want this effect. Mm. Ideally, I'm not going on to say, look at me, look at me. I'm so great. Right. Or I like, I literally ask myself that all the time. And yes, I definitely have posted to say, look at me, believe me. <laughs> Um, cause that's with social media. I mean, that's, it, it, it kind of creates a that's, culture of that's that the dopamine, but I do, but I am conscious of like, and I think everyone, you know, they the, the, the brass tacks of business and timeless tactics of business is me like media managing and motivating people, like actually connecting with human beings. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. maybe you like someone and what they're posting, but connect with them. Right. You know, like I just reached out to. I talked on a panel with a guy who runs GORUCK, Jason McCarthy, right? He's, I don't know him very well. He's a, a army, I believe he was special forces army, but I was like, I really liked what he's doing. And I'd love to, for him to support his organization, to support my adaptive stuff because it fits in line. Mm -hmm. But instead of just going on and liking all of his shit, it was like, I'm just going <laughs> to email him and like give right. him a phone call. And that was way better. Yeah. You know, or, uh, yeah, so I, I I think it's important for young people, especially, right? Like we're more emotionally uh, intelligent, if you will, though. I mean, I would say for the most part, but like for young kids to realize, hey, you have a choice. Build those friendships in person, like mm -hmm. really go after and develop great relationships in person and put the social yeah. media aside. And I would say if anyone can develop their business, um, from the human relations aspect, mm -hmm. you will develop very deep ties. I, I love it. Uh, there's tons of resources that kind of touch on a lot of these aspects you're talking about, and I, uh, some of the more popular books out there, and uh, it's great. And actually, yeah, we, uh, my wife and I, uh, we're not allowed to, we, we've given ourselves that rule that we don't go on during weekends, so Saturday, Sunday. Um, yeah. I'll just, I'll, I'll go on and check, and like one of my ways to connect with people is I wish, I go on Facebook and I wish everyone whose birthday it is like, Hey, just checking in. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and again, Facebook to your point has a lot of superficial relationships. I might've just accepted a friend request cause we have 200 physical therapy people in common. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're probably, you know, like, cool. Let's see, let's see if this is a real thing or whatever. Um, and then I'll check in and be like, Hey, happy birthday. Like, you know, yeah. uh, where, where are you at? How, how are we doing? And sometimes people either ignore it. Sometimes people are like, wow, like you never, I, I, I don't get videos. Like I send people a video with my dog and I'm like, Hey, happy birthday. Hope you're doing good. And, uh, either that leads to something and sometimes it does. Uh, but most, most of the time it doesn't, which is okay. But that tells me again, like, let me clean out some of my friends in, <laughs> on Facebook, but yeah, so weekends, we don't do any social good, media yeah. to, to allow for her and I to connect better. And for, uh, 
for, for us to, again, check in with our friends and, and, you know, make sure that that's, that's something we're doing, whether we're being mindful of, of going for a yeah. hike in nature or whatever it is. And so, yeah, just lack of social media. It is a hundred percent that dopamine addiction, um, which is an interesting book for anyone interested is a uh, dopamine nation by Anna Lemke, um, who's a okay. colleague of Andrew Huberman at Stanford. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and we did that for actually it was the physiology first had a book club that they were doing and we talked about that and basically one of the things she talks about with uh, she's seen a lot of people with these addictions and and she actually recommends a dopamine fast. So you actually like no no phone, no Instagram for or whatever it is that's your addiction for however long and then you start to reorganize your hormones, reorganize your dopamine release and you're not reliant on that yeah. situation. And so it's fascinating um, stuff from, from all that. Well, it is. So the, what's interesting is I think having kids mm. is also kind of made me cut out the BS, mm-hmm. right. Of the, the, the hamster wheel, if you will, of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because like my kids will literally act out if I'm on my phone in front of them. <laughs> so I will Typically, if I have to make a connection call or something, you know, make a phone call, which I try not to ever do when I'm with them, especially after work, my work day, um, or I don't even make any phone calls before 8.30 a.m. because my phone is off until 8.30 a.m. Hmm. Um, because I just, I, I want to be present to them. But I, but what has helped me in the past, and this is something I learned from my dad, he's like, you know, it's like wins. Like when I was really struggling in softball for like a few games and I really sucked ass, um, he was like, well, remember what it was like when you didn't, mm. you can go back there. Cause there's this thought of like, I'll never be able to get back to what I did right. or how am I going to get out of this rut? And he was like, you just have to remember what it was like, like know what it, remember what it feels like, go back to that physiological feeling, even though he wasn't like saying that word, he was like, right, go back right, to right. Feeling. But the same thing with social media, like it never makes me feel awesome. Yeah. Um, even if I'm doing something good on there, it I, it just feels overwhelming and distracting for mm-hmm. me, to be honest. Yeah. And so I uh, know how that feels and I remember that or call that. And like, so when I am tempted, I'm tempted to like go on at night, I just, or, you know, go on when I, my kids are around, I remember that feeling. Like this isn't going to actually take, this is taking me further away from my attention with them, mm-hmm. which actually my attention, I'm my attention is where my happiness is. So the more attentive I am to a specific task, the happier I am. So yeah. I like kind of like talk, you know, obviously think my way out of it, mm-hmm. but um, it's important to remember like just because other people are doing it or you see the world engrossed in this thing doesn't mean you have to. Yeah. And in our fourth topic, we just kind of hit on a few of those points, but yeah, being a mom and, and, uh, you know, yeah. I think the, the, I, I try to acknowledge this cause I was raised mostly by a single mom. Um, oh. and, and so I always try to acknowledge mothers in general. It is probably the most important job in the world. Um, especially those who yeah. do it well. Um, and so I try to kind of throw random happy mother's days on, all throughout the year, not just one day yeah. of the year where we appreciate motherhood. Cause yeah, it's a pretty big uh, thing. So, so happy mother's life year, you. you know, existence to you, but yeah, tell us a little bit. You wanted to touch on being a mom. You, you threw a few things at us already, but um, yeah, let's, let's dive a little deeper there. 
Well, uh, motherhood has helped me in every area of my life, um, cut out the BS, like the, the just the unnecessary things, relationships, everything that, because I want, like, I, I've asked myself, I, what do I want? How, what kind of mother do I want to be? Like I was raised by a single father, right? My mother passed when I was really young. So I do remember her. I remember what she, you know, what she was like, but it was mostly my mom, my dad being a mom, dad to me. Mm. And, <clears throat> and so I've had to like ask myself, okay, what kind of parent do I want to be? Mm. And I want to be a present parent. And I mean, having my father, my father was a priest in the end and like would mm. do all this marriage counseling. He'd also do like end of life c- ceremonies, you oh, know, yeah. they do for, and, and so, you know, everyone to the T who've had children is like, oh my gosh, I totally miss those younger years. I wish I was more present or I didn't, mm. I worked so much and I wasn't, you hear those stories all the time. And it's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to be that story. Like I, <laughs> I want to be the present story, you know? Or the, the other popular one is, oh, they did the best they could. You know, yeah. that's, that's the old school kind of, and yeah, let's not, yeah, I agree uh, for whatever it's worth is, is yeah. I, it, it's a good thing I think to avoid doing the best you, and everyone does the best they can, but hopefully it's, it's a little bit like, yeah, no, they were, I, I knew it was genuine. I felt the love and like, it wasn't just hustling to make money and, yeah. Put food on our table, that kind of thing. There is a deeper connection that we're talking about with some of these other topics too. So, yeah. Well, it's been, it's been wonderful for me. Like I didn't start. So I, when I was, when I gave birth to Magnus, I was like in this, I was in the, I was, I shared this actually on the men talking mindfulness podcast. I was like in this shit show of a mm. business, like the business I had run and built. I did not like mm. <laughs> when I was pregnant. Like, I was like, what am I doing? Who are these people I'm working with? You know, and they're not bad people. It's just like they, my business was shifting. I was working alongside, I think there was a medical, uh, there was a medical company right next door to my business that was like basically enlarging males, genitalia and women's whatever, just to, you know, help them feel more, which, okay, that's maybe a medical necessity for some but it was just kind of like injection city, right? Yeah. Let's do an injectable for this. Let's do an injectable for that. And so I was like next to and aligning with people that didn't necessarily fit my morals and values. Mm -hmm. But then also um, I was in a business that I didn't want to be in when I was giving birth to my son. And I was like, I am working in a business and my life is around this business. I want my business to be around my life. Mm. not the other way around. And so, um, and yeah, like I'd started it working in CrossFit and I traveled all over, but then there was this like interim period where I'd stopped traveling. Now I was just running this practice and maybe I was, we were looking to grow it, but we weren't growing it in the right direction that I wanted. And it kind of just ended up like that. And that's what happens with a lot of people like, Oh, I ended up here. And I'm not sure how. Yeah. Yeah. Like a year or two in, thankfully it wasn't too long. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. And so having my kid was like the weeding process started. I was like, oh, fuck, no, this is done. This is done. We're moving here. It was yeah. very hard, though. Like I had to let go mm. of most of my staff. We left San Diego, like this big office mm. in San Diego. We started doing like mobile pop ups again. Um, and but it was really life giving for me. Like I had mm. more freedom with my baby. 
Right. And we started to like kind of build the seeds for what we're doing now then. And so even then we were like, we want to move to Durango and like, you know, run a wellness business. But this was four years ago, right? Four and a half years ago. And so now to be sitting here talking to you and having like put that intention out there and worked towards it wasn't fucking easy at all. No. But like, <laughs> you know, was meaningful because now our work does surround our life mm -hmm. and we work with people who get it who are like yes i'm in this i want to impact these people they're not just trying to run a punch a clock and you know make so much money an hour it's like they're kind of in there they're you know in business you're going to meet all kinds like people who just want to punch a clock right. all right fine but i prefer to surround myself with people now that i know who want to grow and actually make a change in the world mm -hmm. versus just you know, check a box or right. punch a box. So um, motherhood did that for me. It was like, mm. fuck, I don't want, I do not want this to get in the way of my attention with my children. Right. Absolutely not. And yeah. so the kind of the mother, like, you know, the mother bear, mama bear <laughs> came out of me. Yeah. And it's been there ever since, you mm -hmm. know? And the one thing I'll leave everyone with is this uh, concept though, that I think is powerful for any parent um, is that like, I don't want my kids to go go through any of the pain. Mm. Excuse me, I'm kind of getting over a cold still. The any of the pain that I experienced, but I know they will experience pain, mm -hmm. and I can't control that. Um, but what I can control is making them strong. Mm -hmm. Like I can help make them strong. So, and that's I'm the best example for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, topics and themes that come out of that. Uh, the one that came up real quick for me is ruthless prioritization, um, which is a, like a term that that's I have written some on a couple of different parts of my <laughs> the apartment here uh, of just, yeah, making sure you're not wasting time on just, you, you know, mindless scrolling on the internet and having deeper conversations. Uh, you mentioned the, the men talking mindfulness. I've been in a men's group for pretty much since we moved here to Colorado. I do once a week and uh, those are things where, again, it gives you that chance to reflect and think about, again, longer, deeper, more meaningful connection, purpose, all that stuff. Um, it's a lot of a lot of deep things. And that's actually one of the reasons I do this podcast. I call it Bono Stuff. I want to know more stuff and I want to connect yeah. with awesome humans like you making differences in the world and going on these journeys. And it's also the reason I got my tattoo, which is always weird to do, oh. um, which is it's a mm -hmm. unilome and uh, I have my whoop watch at the end there. But it's the journey and the path to enlightenment. It's a Buddhist and, and also um, different, a couple of different religions use that symbol. But the point being like, we're somewhere along that journey. And it sounds like you've had, you know, even in the last few years, uh, just, just different aspects of that journey. And we never, we don't always reach enlightenment. Uh, but as long as we're striving for that, it's a constant reminder for me to like, hey, stay, stay on a little bit of a focus and, and just keep uh, reassessing. Are you moving in the direction you want to actually move in? Or yes. are you just kind of, like you said, punching that clock and a long time ago for me. And, and it was actually social media. I'll, I'll finish up with this. And I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have another call coming up, but um, I would always see people on, on like Facebook com commenting something like, Hey, it's Monday. Can't wait for the weekend to party again or whatever. And, and I was like, what about like the five days, like five out of your seven days, 40 hours a week is it's a pretty significant chunk of your life. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, we all got to get paid. And, and like, there's that aspect to it, but yeah. So those of us who have the, the privilege of, you know, pursuing our passions and, and have been able to make that step, like you said, it's not easy. Uh, it's not always easy. It's usually not easy. <laughs> Very few folks uh, are just going to easily switch and, and, you know, have success, mm -hmm. but it's, 
it is going through a lot of those failure struggles. And again, that's kind of what that tattoo shows. But um, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. I got to be respectful of your time. And again, always appreciate mm -hmm. you being on here. Um, yeah. Anyone, anyone awesome. wants more, go back to episode 57. I'll put that in a link to the show notes and anywhere else folks can connect with you. True connection only. Uh, <laughs> deep connection right. if you want and uh, where they can find more of what you're doing. Uh, so you can go to movement-rx.com and reach out to me there. Uh, I get all of those emails. And then for the best like social media platform where I can connect with you, as long as you don't ask me for like, you know, a superficial connection on LinkedIn, um, <laughs> you can reference this podcast even. Uh, I'm Dr. Teresa Larson on LinkedIn. So I got yeah, a, little, a little banner there. Oh, so, so legit, though. So legit. Yeah, so legit. It's too legit. Too legit to quit. All right. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, cut it off there. And uh, again, always a pleasure chatting. I'm going to send you that, uh, that uh, country version of Danger Zone. Uh, Please. Gonna... <laughs> and Please. Uh, yes, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. And again, uh, exciting! Can't wait to see again what what these next few months, even years, will uh, take take that journey you're on, and again pushing that um, all the, all the awesome stuff you're doing. So I'm excited to see. And again, any way I can help, and hopefully we do get to meet up in person soon here in Colorado. We're only six hours I'm away. Sh I'm sure we will. <laughs> There's, I'm we'll be here for life. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so I know we'll connect and I appreciate what you do too, Bo. You keep me in the know with what's trying, going on your podcast. Trying. I appreciate that. <laughs> so it's, it's on record that we're going to meet up in person and then within the next 12 yes. months, that's what I'm going to throw out there. Okay. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe in Colorado Springs. Cause I know you go there to see John McCaskill. Yeah. He is. Yeah. And uh, that's you also, if, next time. You, you mentioned you might want to do the dry needling course and that's where uh, the guy uh, he's actually in the Air Force. Uh, he's he's active duty still, and he's the one who teaches the dry needling course I took. So I'll put you guys in oh, touch. That would and I, be I think great. He's, he's doing one soon too. So that's uh, Nate Silver, I believe. But I'll get you the info. We're gonna sign off, guys. Hope you got at okay. least one percent better. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, rate, review, all that stuff that keeps us growing. And uh, talk to you next time. Ending.